I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hello, it's Mia from Beijing. You are listening to Rebel Radio. Fuck you, Josh. <laughs> What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up? What up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh -huh. Rebel Radio is going down. What did you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up? And welcome back to Rebel Radio, a weekly show where I talk to the rebels who are shaping youth culture. You find out how they do it, why they do it, and what you can do to get a little piece of the pie for yourself. This week we're kicking off a very special uh, four-part series. I was on the road in, in Beijing and I, I caught up with a few of the people shaping uh, Beijing's youth culture. Really interesting stories and I think we get a little insight into uh, unique challenges and, and opportunities in China, so I hope you enjoy this series. Today we're going to kick off with Miao Wang. Miao is known as the queen of the techno scene in Beijing. She's the founder of Acupuncture Records. She's got a great story about the, na the name of that label. Uh, also Dot Records, ARP Creative. She brought uh, the Boiler Room to China. She's got some great stories about how she built the techno scene with her partners out there. Uh, she gets into a really personal story about the toll that uh, that work took on her. And she's got some great tips for building your own career in China. So I hope you enjoy this. We'll get into it right after our EDM.com track of the week.
Yo, that was our EDM.com track of the week. That was Dream Party with Trust Me. Rebel Radio is the only show to bring you new music every week from EDM.com. If you like that one, get over to EDM.com, check out some great new music. And right now, let's get into our interview with Meow Wong. But thank you for, for agreeing to do this with me. I know it's weird to hear like a cold, email it wasn't a code email at all i assumed that you were someone else remember oh, that's right. <laughs> i should try that more often yeah uh, just pretend to be someone else and then... it has to be someone who is as silly as me <laughs> <laughs> nice um but it was cool coming to beijing and, and i was researching you know people that i wanted to talk to and i kept seeing your name show up mm-hmm. in different places so, i hope you in a good way yeah absolutely um I saw you listed as the the queen of techno in Beijing. Really? Yeah. Um, so anyway, I'm excited to kind of dig into that. But Thank you. I always like to start with really just way back at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we talked over lunch about some of your, your musical taste. Uh, do you remember the first record that you ever bought? The first, like, proper record? Like, like the first music you remember, like uh, you you know, you know we had so many like pirate CDs. Yeah. Uh, but the first like original CD album uh-huh. I bought it was uh, from this Chinese singer called okay. Fei Wang. Okay. And her voice was really different, and also she was uh, well. Two parts I, I liked it the most. So one was the lyrics; it was like poems. Mm. And uh, another part is the music production. Actually, there was already some electronic music in there. Interesting. Which I didn't realize. Yeah. But for me, it was just something different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and then I know you were telling me earlier that you um, you were into metal before <laughs> before electronic music. That was an accident. <laughs> yeah, I get it. We all have our youth. You know, we all make questionable decisions mm-hmm. in our youth. How did you discover electronic music at first? Well, electronic music, uh, again, you know, it was already like uh, almost everywhere. I mean, yeah. those uh, clubs were playing commercials, but some were still, you know, has like electronic music elements in there. Sure. And then, you know, when there's uh, like a friend's birthday or, you know, like I, 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 I first started going to commercial nightclubs when I went to university. Actually, mm-hmm. before I went to university, third year in high school. Yeah. But that was just like boom, boom, boom. That was all. Like I had no idea like it was a type of music what kind of music like what was playing in those clubs uh, well it's like cheesy house if okay. you know what I mean yeah. and then also they had those uh, you know, vibrating floors <laughs> seriously yeah. it actually moves and then you know really? <laughs> yeah I don't know it if was, we have that was, in the US and the club called Rolling Stone okay <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so I just I just didn't pay attention to music. That was just a, you know like heavy beats. That sure. was my first understanding of uh, club music. Yeah. Just heavy beats, and then you move to the beats. And then and do you remember a, like a techno or, a, or electronic record that like that you did pay attention to that really like stood out to you? No. No. No, not at all. And just sort of happened. That, well, techno happened to me like way later. Mm. Uh, 
Okay, so at those parties, I also like made some friends with DJs, and then those DJs were like, oh, you know, this is my daily job, it's like being a resident DJ, and yeah. I have to play. This is not actually what I like. Mm -hmm. So then they took me to their like, you know, like sometimes apartments or studios, you know, group of friends, you know, just saying in the black room, like we were partying, yeah. and then they were playing something completely different, and I was like, uh, still like trying to figure out like. I could not tell like one track from another sure. because it's you know mixes. Yeah, that's that's part of the idea, right? <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. like, you know, it took me a while to figure out. Ah, oh, actually, now I can tell like one track from another. That's funny. That was almost like a year later. Wow. And then that was when I started asking like who made this uh -huh. track, and then <clears throat> also like you know uh, Paul and Dyke made uh, the Great Wall yeah. album. And yeah. then I bought that one. I guess I was really into more like housey mm -hmm. kind of style because it still has like vocals sure. and I always I always pay a lot of intention attention to lyrics and um, I remember like a few songs like just the lyrics I just loved the, the song because of the lyrics yeah. like uh, like Timo Mas uh -huh. uh, <coughs> what, uh, what's that lyrics um, Basically, it says it's the first day of the rest of my life. Okay. And just this one sentence, it's yeah. like, I love the song. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the beginning. Yeah. And then just, uh, and then, you know, Rich Houting, the minimal techno, just uh, like, it was everywhere. And that was when I got, I just went to like deeper and deeper into yeah. electronic music from like house to techno, the minimal techno, mm. and then became like, when I listened to that music, I had my eyes closed. Right. So, what was it you think about that music that really spoke to you? Uh, I think music just uh, I mean, especially when you know we were doing like our own little parties. Yeah, it's like I know everyone there. I feel so comfortable. I feel like you know I'm close with everyone. And then even in the darkness, I have my eyes completely closed. I'm still safe. I'm like, yeah. I, then it's like I'm traveling in mm. a sonic world. And then that's, that's, awesome. that's an experience I, I never had before. And also, you know, that was, I guess, you know, I was still in the university and I was, uh, it's, it's like I'm, 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 I'm really getting a better understanding of the reality of the practical life. But at the same time, you know, I, I still want my dream. And then that music, it kind of, uh, it, it still gives me this dreamland mm. that I just uh, cannot live without. And also that strange feeling that, okay, I'm with so many friends, but when I close my eyes, I'm in my own universe. Yeah. And, but, but still, I feel safe because all my friends are around. So... That's cool. Yeah, that's how I just fell in love with electronic music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And then, so I know you, you didn't set out to be in the music business. Mm. Um, 
how did you, um, what was the first show that you promoted? The first show was uh, actually the first time I booked a DJ. It yeah. wasn't a, it wasn't a, a party party. Okay. It was, uh, I was already doing some part-time job huh? at uh, like PR event companies. And then it was, uh, it was actually for Colgate. Oh wow! <laughs> toothpaste. Yeah, sure. Because yeah, definitely toothpaste <laughs> was, needs a DJ. <laughs> Actually, first I started like booking DJs. I was also like proposing to some uh, you know new venues. You know, we can rent the venue. We can do our own parties. And uh, also, that was when I first uh, from the the, the 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 PR event company. That was when China had the first generation of VJs. Yeah. And. We were doing some events that on, not only have DJs but also like have VJs, mm -hmm. visuals. Mm -hmm. So that's how I first started like doing events, yeah. and um, then some DJs who already had their groups, and we just like, kind of uh, not like me join those groups. Just we, we were like working together, right. and then uh, it became like a large group of DJs who like party together. So it became the, the eight DJs and uh -huh. me. Mm -hmm. And then the first time we did, all of us did an event together was, um, there was this uh, club called China Doll. And China Doll was really popular because it was also the first uh, club that's not like, you know, like commercial big club with vibrating <laughs> floors. Uh -huh. It's small. Yeah, um, more underground. It's not underground. It's small and it's more fashionable. Oh, okay. Because the one of the the, the owners, uh, she is an actress and she's very like fashionable. So and also the uh, well, her boyfriend, the other uh, 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 director, he's he does interior design. So you know, it's very fashionable, yeah. very stylish. Yeah. And and also the music, they want to do it like the, not the shitty like commercial cheesy stuff, but it has some style. I guess more like uh, you know kind of like French fashion. Uh -huh. That that was their style, but still it means that we can play good like house and techno there. Yeah. So uh, the first party, uh, the first time we agreed, okay, let's give it a try, just uh, on the on a Thursday night. And at China Doll, back then like Thursday is not really like when like people still come out mm -hmm. and um, but our first Thursday night there was a full house until like 7 a.m. in the morning nice which was impossible yeah. and and I just had such a good time because it was also my first time I can't remember if we sold tickets or not we charged for door cover but anyways there was the first time that I actually worked on guest list Oh, yeah. Like I was inviting so many friends and also, you know, back then it was text messages. Yeah. I was just sending so many text messages sure. and then, you know, just writing down names. <laughs> and yeah, it was such a good night. And then after the party, we just, uh, we came out of the, the building and we we're just like sitting on the street, you know, enjoying the sunshine uh -huh. and then some guys were smoking and then, um, you know, the, the oldest member of, from that group of people was uh, called Wong Wong. He's uh, definitely the first generation of Chinese DJs. Mm. And uh, he also had like a few like different crews. And, uh, but at that time, he was also like kind of like by himself because he, well, uh, just uh, like got disappointed by like uh, whatever happened in the past. And then 
just uh, that day like he like I remember so clearly got like sunshine you know like on his head and then he's like yeah let, let's like start a group let's like do something so and then we just uh, so the nine of us we just like sat down and then discussed about like what we should do <clears throat> and um, so we decided, you know, not only like, well, throwing parties, of course, uh, party like promoters, organizers, uh, but also the those DJs. They were also like producing some music, but yeah. that was when there was no label like sure. for this type of music in China yet. So and also like they were downloading music from like Juno downloads and uh, Beatport, yeah. but. Uh, so, so we, we think it would also be amazing if we can like release music and also you know release on like Beatport and Juno. Yeah. So that was also our mission, and then yeah, we just uh, we, so we, so we started um, so we started Acupuncture uh, Records. That's why we called it Acupuncture Records. I love that name. And uh, because it took us a while to to come up with a, a good name that everyone likes. But Such a great name. Because those those guys, they were they were drinking so much, you know, mm. also smoking so much, and then you know yeah. had some like healthy problem. Also, some wants to lose weight, and sure. then they were going to this acupuncture like treatment. I can't remember oh, no her, her name. Yeah. yeah, it was a friend of uh, a friend of us, but she's like a Chinese like doctor, and she yeah. does acupuncture. We went to her place, and then you know a few of the guys they would just do acupuncture there, and uh, we were like. Yeah, why don't we just like, call it like acupuncture records? job was uh, you know like you know also like PR promotion so uh, so I didn't make it up but then I just made a summary of our conversation uh -huh. like yeah. why acupuncture records is our like best option as uh, the label name when is uh, you know it's Chinese and this is a completely like Chinese crew so yeah. acupuncture and then acupuncture um, the, the lady, the, the, the doctor told us uh, three keywords for acupuncture treatment is Wen Jun Hen, steady, accurate, and hard. Cool. And was like, that was the techno music yeah, style, yeah, yeah. you know, they were, yeah. they were in love with. Oh, that's cool. And, uh, and again, you know, acupuncture is a treatment and music is a treatment. Yeah. So we're like, yeah, that's the name. I mean, that's great. Like, I find, I know we both do creative work with mm -hmm. brands, and I, I find that usually the best creativity is not something that you just made up, yeah. but it's pulling, it's, like you said, From it was already something. there, yeah. and you just found it yeah. and, and summarized it, right? Yeah. And that, that's great. Yeah. So you're in a partnership with eight guys. Mm -hmm. um, did you ever try DJing yourself? <laughs> No, I never tried. No. And then, believe me or not, I never wanted to be a DJ. Yeah. I think probably because there were all the eight DJs. Okay? Yeah, yeah. And yeah you know, you enough. are the missing one, like uh, sure. not another DJ. <laughs> right. Fair enough. Um, 
So what what gave you the the, <clears throat> the confidence that you'd be able to go out and do this together and be successful? Well, I didn't really think about like being successful. I was okay. just uh, I was just happy that I actually found something that I really I just love like so much. Yeah. And um, and also I know that those guys also had some tough lives, and I was just uh, I just realized like what is like to what it feels like to actually know what you like doing, what you enjoy, like spending your, 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 your time on. And most of my like old friends, I mean, just the, you know, the, the, the Chinese education system, like when, when I'm filling in, like what, what major, I, I don't even know what exactly that means, like what, what type sure. of job, what type of life it means, like when, when I'm really a grown up. And then for those guys, I mean, they, they, they love music. However, they also need to do those like commercial stuff they don't like. So I just really, I want to, I want to achieve the kind of balance, which is that, you know, I'm doing what I like, mm -hmm. but still can make a living. Yeah. That would just be, it just felt like that would be just the perfect life. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. <laughs> Um, was, there a, was there a mistake that you made when you were starting out that, that really stands out? I think I, I did make a big, big mistake, which was, uh, you know, I, as I mentioned, balance was kind of like this new discovery I made, but I, my understanding of balance also changed, mm. you know, to 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 do you know both at the same time you know I, I want to throw party but also you know just like I, I was I was um, I, I hate calling myself a workaholic but in a way I am sure and you can imagine when I was doing you know, like a part-time job and then later on became full-time job and then at the same time you know running this acupuncture records like events also labels you know yeah I was really just like should I call it like working around the clock or like having fun around the clock? Right. Because the working was like having fun for me. Yeah. But I, I stopped paying attention to myself. I mean, like, I mean, I'm still a human being. And yeah. then I, I really think my health condition was uh, really like going like worse and mm. worse, but I didn't pay attention to myself. The kind of balance concept I had yeah. in my head was only like regular type of life like regular kind of work sure. and then yeah. you know completely like just a hobby like individual kind of uh, like personal uh, hobbies uh, fun time yeah. but I forgot that you know like my body myself the that is the that is the, the most uh, like practical part mm -hmm. of life and I, I just completely ignore that so you know we are human beings we don't only have a head we also need our body yeah. and um yeah so my so i i had a uh, you probably also you know like read it somewhere i had a tumor oh my. yeah i and the the, the the most ridiculous part is that i i should have realized that there's something wrong going on with me because yeah. um you know our intro festival um uh, 
our first year of intro festival was in the first year we opened the, the old Lantern Club. It was okay. 2009. And then the, it was in 2011, the first time, uh, and uh, intro is always in, in May. Yeah. So like March, April, May are always the three, like this is the month of the year for me. And then I remember it was in March in uh, 2011 that I was uh, I was writing an email and I wanted to type acupuncture records, but I just uh, forgot the name of acupuncture records. You know how weird it feels like. Like, can you imagine if if you forgot your own name yeah. and you try yeah. to like search online? Like, how would you? What would you type in? to yeah. like Google, like, yeah. what's my who name? Who am I? Yeah. yeah, like, who am I? Siri, maybe you can ask Siri. <laughs> yeah, so it, it was just like, you know, really, it just feels like it wow. got like stuck in my head. And, it, and but in a way, it's funny, you know, it's like, how, how can I forget my own name? Sure. And I just, uh, I just also kind of like started laughing and, uh, and you know had uh, you know it was dripping out from my mouth mm -hmm. and, but only for a few seconds then it was just like back to normal wow it was like but there was no pain so i didn't i didn't pay any attention so it was something weird and also i was telling the guys you know we're like laughing about it uh -huh. so and i didn't go to the hospital oh my god many times it happened something similar like that happened yeah. again again and again and more frequently 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 and I, I I never went to the hospital Wow. that's how stupid I was because I mean <laughs> sure but you know I, like we don't know that we're supposed to pay attention to that stuff especially when we're young yeah yeah. Right, like it, it, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know what I would do necessarily in that situation either. <laughs> yeah, just uh, it wasn't. It was. It really just wasn't my priority. Like what's happening to to, to my body, to, yeah. to, to to my health. So you <laughs> you've overcome that, I assume. It was one year later. Yeah. It was uh, another intro festival, and that was also when it was uh, really. Uh, you know, hard situation because the first three years intro were at 751, the, the perfect venue. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, those factories, those industrial kind of uh, you know, atmosphere. Yeah. But then the fourth year, we really just so we could not get the permission to use that venue again. And we were just looking around for another like possible like good venue option. And uh, also, this is not something you know you can tell everyone. You know, we are still not sure like where intro will take place yeah, this year. Sure. It's like you have to hide. Kind of need a venue. It's, yeah, and um, so, and I was also trying to get sponsorship. Yeah. And I was having a, I was having dinner with uh, this uh, you know a friend from some brand and at this Japanese restaurant. And then that was when I was already like very familiar with like what it feels like I, when it happens. Like yeah. I, I, I felt like uh, we, were, we were just sitting there talking. And I felt like ah, oh, it's coming, it's coming. So I said ah, oh, sorry, I'm I'm going to the toilet. And was on my way to the toilet. It like it happened, and when it happened, I I can't talk. Yeah. I can't talk. And then the waitress came over, asked me, uh, lady, what, what are you looking for? What do you need? I just. Uh, I, I couldn't say anything. I was just like waving my hands, and she assumed uh, I, I was uh, I, I, I speak English, mm. and she said in English again. And then 
I, I didn't I didn't respond and she just sh shaking my hand and she said something in Japanese <laughs> <laughs> and he just looked like so confused like yeah. and asked her her colleague uh, like is this lady okay <laughs> is she fine and because usually it only happens for like a few seconds yeah. and then I was like breathing like where's the toilet in Chinese I said in Chinese yeah. and she just she had that look on her face <laughs> like, so weird right yeah. she just pointed me to you know over there and I just like you know like you know uh, relaxed uh, for like a minute in, in, in the toilet and came out and and you know that's when I decided I should go to see a doctor it's not because what happened was really scary because sure. it had already happened so many times but because I was talking to a potential sponsor I was yeah. like meow you were going to fuck up intro yeah, yeah. <laughs> You, you, you got to go to the hospital. Right. So I went to the hospital and then, you know, did MRI and the doctor was like, oh my God, like, how long you've had this? I was like, uh, a year? Wow. <laughs> you are crazy and you have to do a surgery right now. Oh my goodness. And, um, and um, we were, so on the same day, uh, we were having our like evening meeting, just uh, you know, like uh, you know, update on the preparation work. And then I was still thinking about like when I should have this surgery. I already asked the doctor, is it possible that like I, we have a big festival in, in May? Can you do you think I can do it after May? Yeah. And I was, you're, you, you know what? We have to like remove it right now because yeah, you're yeah. already crazy. Like tonight. <laughs> and yeah. So after wow. the, the meeting, I just told the guys, uh, you know, I have some bad news. I, I think I, you know, I have this this thing, and I need to do a surgery. Yeah. Um, um, I'm I'm still trying to convince the doctor I can do it after the festival, and those guys are like, "Meow, do it now!" Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and then I went to the hospital. Yeah, then did my surgery, and also I, I recovered really like uh, quickly. Nice. At um, last minute, arranged the venue. I also went to Incho. I was, you know, like wearing this hat, like covering my bold head, mm -hmm. and um, it was a again a fun time. Yeah. And was after that, I realized, you know, the balance is not only the you know like typical work, like sure. the reality and you know your your your, your, your dream, your ideals. Yeah. But but also, I mean, the practical part also includes your body, your yeah. health, yeah. and yeah so what did you change after that what i changed was uh i mean uh one thing is uh we were uh, in that year you know uh the the, the acupuncture team uh, already lost a few members it mm. wasn't like a dj yeah, express yeah. me anymore there were fewer people and then we were doing more stuff like right. intro festival, record, acupuncture records label, and Lantern Club. Yeah, it was uh, it was just too much. Yeah, and then I had to make some decision like how much time I still spend on this, and also um, the reason that we were doing so much was because I'll, as I mentioned, you know, I wanted to do like what I love, but also make a living, and then so you know. Um, like my goal was that uh, what I love doing should also you know generate enough profit mm -hmm. to 
to make me be able to have a good living. Yeah. But, but I decided that that was wrong. Now that that was wrong, it was just more difficult to achieve that. Yeah. So, I mean, then it took me a year to really just uh, like make my final decision. And it was, wasn't only just me, uh, myself, it was uh, Wong Wong, Elvis and, and me. So we were the last three members of, of, of the team. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, we also had some different opinions regarding like how to run the club and uh, you know, also the interfaces. And uh, um, so basically, I decided that, uh, well, El Elvis and I decided that we would leave uh, uh, Lantern to Wong Wong. We still have our shares, but we don't really take care of management anymore. But if we do like, uh, you know, like just the parties, uh, we can still do it at Lantern. Yeah. And uh, as for intro, we were looking for either we can find a better venue or we find, you know, could be another company and we can outsource to another company who is yeah. capable and willingly to like to run intro like in the future. Yeah. So as for the record label, um, because Elvis has always been the main producer of Acupunct uh, Records, but you know, when he plays, he wants to play like, he plays techno, techno, but when he produces, he still he couldn't reach the kind of sound he wants to make. Mm. So he wants to like sing, take some time off. Mm -hmm. And then, so that was also an end of Acupunct Records. And then, so, um, and then, I decided to. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm hundred percent like healthy again. I'm yeah. like completely fine. Doesn't mean that I'm just gonna retire and do nothing. And yeah, I yeah. still love. I mean, like parties. Not really partying as hard as I used to, but sure, I mean, I, st I still love it once in a while. So the, the new balance is that um, I started a new company. I mean, I would separate these uh, projects. Uh, for events that they just love doing like small tours uh, yeah. or like a new label in the future This is still what I just uh, do for fun. I don't mind if I mean break even would be ideal if just uh, losing a little bit of money It's completely fine, but at the same time have another company that does the uh, like commercial projects is first of all is to provide service Yeah, so you know uh, clients is uh, on top of my own ideas. Sure. It's uh, but at the same time, you know, what we provide is something that's what I have and what I'm good at. It's the different types of not just a regular, you know, like service, but you know, like uh, all different types of uh, talents, like for music, visual arts, or these new kind of talents. These you know people I know, friends that have, mm -hmm. who would who could really, uh, you know, create a new like uh, brand value for the brand. And also, uh, if I can convince brands to create some uh, interesting projects, not only the, you know, 100% commercial, that can only, artists can only benefit from there. It's, it's so basically to create a platform. And, um, and then, so that was my idea. And then I did it, it went out, I think, pretty good. Yeah. And then more and more, I think uh, also thanks to the, the, the big change in the, you know, the marketing strategy, not like just before, you know, advertisement, sure. you know, like buy on like TV, radio, like it's getting more and more creative and yeah. there's more and more overlap on my like two companies. For example, you know, uh, for events, it's not just like before, you know, organize a festival, get brand sponsorship, and now you can actually, you know, tailor make some 
cool events yeah. for for the brands. Could be small scale, could be you know, or could be in a public area, mm -hmm. or uh, could be open to public, or could be uh, like really private. But you know, like for example, like live broadcasting online, then re yeah. reaching to like millions of uh, viewers. And also, like for example, that I was also bringing in uh, some projects, like you know, like Bottle Room. Like it is well, it has music a lot, but at the same time, we could get like brand uh, sponsor. Sure. And um, so sometimes, uh, and uh, we we also organize uh, some uh, festivals for 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 Audi. Um, and um, well, not not necessarily a festival, but it's like a, a, a big event with. Um, uh, music uh, and also like exhibition of uh, new media art installations mm -hmm. and also uh, sometimes like it could also be a, a, a workshop you know just the the, the, the the cool people with with ideas from uh, different fields you know yeah. like sitting down like uh, like really valuable discussion so just so <coughs> so for, for, for this now it's hard for me to put a project into okay this is run by this company or this is run by that company sure. which i think now is great yeah. but just overall it's a it's a balance uh -huh. mm -hmm. yeah. yeah what do you think um what what brands are doing the best job of, of being involved in, in culture and music in china mm. I think in different period of time, there are always like different brands, and um, uh, right now I don't think there is. Well, I can't really name just the one brand that contributes to like music the most. Yeah. Uh, for example, for like EDM, then obviously Budweiser, mm. it's advertisement, you know, like Tiesto and Zhang oh, Liangying. Really? Yeah, Zhang Liangying is uh, this um, uh, Chinese like pop singer, very okay. famous. And then um, she she also did uh, some advertisement for for Budweiser uh, as a you know uh, brand representative, and yeah. then also invited uh, Tiesto to make a remix of uh, one of her songs. For, for for advertisement. So okay. that's Budweiser. Also uh, for 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 music, um, um, BMW also sponsored of um, like jazz festival. Mm -hmm. So um, an, an absolute for hip hop. Yeah. So and of course all those uh, like bands, you know, all the hip hop related bands. Yeah. So it all varies. Sure. Mm -hmm. And what what do you think? I, mean, I know you work with a lot of brands and. and um, some get it more than others. Um, what do you think? To, what do you wish that brands would know when they try, especially with electronic music? What do you, what do you wish they would know about about how to do that right? Mm, I think the brand should know more about like their 
their the, the audience, the the, the customers, because I I still feel like they are quite far away from the customer, like especially if it's the the younger generation, like what they are doing, what they are listening to, how much they would like to be different. Yeah. Uh, most of the time, still these brands want to get something that everyone likes. Yeah. And uh, you know, everyone likes means uh, okay. So how many followers you have on Weibo? But the thing is, the new generation more use WeChat and yeah. not Weibo. And then like uh, sure. if if you ask the if you ask the person to subscribe to uh, an account that's already overly subscribed, it's like, oh no, I don't wanna, I don't wanna subscribe to something every, everyone reads, and we know that actually not really everyone re- actually reads. Of course. So it's sometimes it's opposite. I mean, I believe in like you know, actually you know, you know, be different. It's not a new slogan anymore, but all the brands say like be different. But at the same time, I mean. You can't be that different. If you're <laughs> right. just following the trend. Yeah. If you dare to, it's better to create trend. Yeah. And by create trend, it could also be trend, you know, in different directions, in different ways. And then, you know, it's like now, for example, apps are becoming so popular in China, right? Like so many apps for almost anything you do, you can just do it through an app. Yeah. And, I mean. That's the it's, it's it's the same thing uh, for for different types of uh, crowds, you know, uh, different channels. It doesn't have to be you know like big channel. You can have just um, that's also why we named the, the new record label dots. It's just the little dots. <laughs> but then all these dots, you know, like the same connect the dots. Yeah. Then it's a big net. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. It's it's funny. I've been asked that same question a lot, and, and I give the exact same answer. <laughs> that, no, I think that you know, as much as um, you know, it's amazing to me how little most brands understand mm-hmm. their customers. Yeah. And there's so much data available. There's all yeah. this talk about using data. Yeah. Most people don't understand what that means. Yeah. Like you said, they come down to just how many followers yeah. does somebody have, which is not, yeah. that's not an answer. Yeah. And, and I see it every day. That's, that's so crazy. <laughs> um, so, I mean, maybe you answered my last question. Um, <laughs> Hmm. You prepare some questions? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so how how do when it's done right, how do you see music fans in China reacting to brands? Mm. I think music fans. What, but what do you mean, like specifically, like how they recognize brands? I don't know. Like do you, it, you mean if they buy it or if they follow it or? Yeah. Or or like, do you see? You know, I know in the U.S. we have certain brands. Mm-hmm. Always Red Bull is a great example, yeah. right? Who's really involved in the culture? I'm mm-hmm. sure they are here too. Um, mm. And. 
maybe not. You know, I wanted to mention Red Bull. Yeah. Of course, Red Bull music, you know, but the thing is, here, Red Bull is a, a different Red Bull company. Oh, right. Yeah, it's that's a, right. It's a Thailand uh, yeah. Red Bull company, and then they, they follow more with, uh, yeah, sports. Right, mm -hmm. right. So in, the, in most parts of the world, it's both music yeah. and sports. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they do a really good job, yeah. and I think people associate them mm -hmm. maybe even more with sports yeah. than with music. But there's generally a positive mm -hmm. thing there, and whether you drink Red Bull or not, like you support the brand yeah. in different ways, right? Yeah. Um, I think you know Adidas yeah. is a good example of the, mm -hmm. you know what they have done with music, yeah. um, um, and so then you have other brands that do it wrong and they get, you know, I think a lot of times people just don't care, don't, mm. they kind of ignore yeah. those brands, but sometimes there's like a, <clears throat> there's some backlash, mm. right? Yeah. Um, is it the same thing where you see in China people really, uh, really uh, adopting certain brands and kind of rejecting others? <clears throat> I think, I think, on average, uh, Chinese consumers don't really see the strong connection with a brand and uh, their personal interests. It's yeah. just, uh, I think it's <coughs> also because most of the campaigns are too traditional, yeah. and uh, apart from. Um, you know, as you mentioned, like uh, Adidas, uh, Red Bull, or uh, I mentioned Vans. Yeah, I mean, they, sure. they sponsor like uh, you know uh, <coughs> skateboarding competitions, yeah. things like that. That that's a really, I mean, it's a really like a, a community with strong connections. Yes. But I mean, those uh, those like marketing strategies not created in China. Right. I mean, I, I really, I don't really have anything popping up in my head. That's uh, you know, it's a uh, like created in China for like Chinese customers campaign mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's like creative and really build up a community. I, I can't really sure. think of anything. I and mean, it's pretty rare. It's really I rare. And, and for Chinese brands, I think actually one brand that's uh, that's heading to that direction is uh, Huawei. Okay. Huawei Honor, Huawei yeah. Rongyao. Um, been working uh, working with the uh, festivals, uh, but mainly uh, strawberry festivals. So for like uh, rock, punk, and yeah. also they do uh, like competitions in the universities. You know, selected their own bands. Oh, cool. And uh, yeah, have their own concerts. So I think yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Now it's only the like second second or third year. Yeah. Hey, if you're enjoying this one, I hope you are, and you like the uh, the on-the-road kind of live interview format. It's a little different than what we usually do in studio. Um, check out in the Rebel Radio archives, there's a three-part series I did at Coachella this year, on the field, in the uh, VIP, whatever. You can hear a little bit of bass bumping in the background. I talked to Sophie Tucker. I talked to uh, Jesse Fleming, one of the founders of Lightning in a Bottle and I talked to DJ Will Clark. Good stuff back in the archives, uh, of course, after you finish up here with Meow Wong. What, what would you want Westerners to know about Chinese uh, uh, dance music culture? That 
we are underground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying that.、Uh, I mean, I think everyone now knows there's a big like booming EDM scene like everywhere, not only in China but in Japan, in the in, in Korea. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean,、uh, I think very, very, very fewer people know there's also an underground scene in in, in China. Yeah.、Um, I just、uh, you know the website Resident Advisor. Yeah, yeah. They just、uh, closed their like uh, top uh, uh, like、uh, the RA like rolling、uh, like top ten, top whatever. So,、um, and、um, it, it's like it's a little bit like like resident advisor. Like in 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 China, this is the minority and not on top of、sure. anything. Yeah, of course. But the thing is,、um, they are that still like that's a, a really really big community we have in China and it's growing. Not、yeah. like before, only in Shanghai, in 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 Beijing, where you know there are so many foreigners. So we have you know the Western kind of、uh, influence,、mm-hmm. uh, but also now in so many other cities, and、um, yeah, I think that's the part、um, most of Westerners are not aware of. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, I'm I'm I wouldn't know that.、Um, what about you know? I, I get a lot of questions from my friends who are DJs or,、mm-hmm. or artists. That、uh, you know they want to come to China and build their careers, and,、mm-hmm. and、um, so what? What advice would you have for Western musicians or DJs that want to build a business here? I think well, the, the the three like major parts for a musician is that first you know the records publishing,、yeah. and then it's you know shows gigs, and then it's、uh, you know like like merchandise and other stuff. Sure. So business opportunities, business development. So for for record, I mean there really are like more and more、uh, like publishers in in China like signing like.、Uh, Like foreign artists,、mm. it could just be for publishing,、yeah. or it could be just for distribution, and、uh, I think that's really something we can explore. And also, we have apps like Xiaomi, like Wang Yi, like、uh, Tencent. You know,、mm. for music, then there is publishing rights.、Yeah. And、uh, then as for gigs, really,、uh, not only just the Beijing, Shanghai anymore. And as long as um, um, I I can I can make an example.、Uh, I don't know if Nathaniel mentioned, but、uh, like for example, they booked、uh, Parable. Oh yeah. And yes, that、nice. but that was many years ago. Yeah. And so I mean, when 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 you are not like that like established yet, but you are already coming to China, and then if you look at the number of fans you have on those apps, your Chinese fans is growing like、sure. crazy. Yeah. And then. You know,、um, so I, in many situations, it, like coming to China, like touring in China, means that、uh, there's might not be any profit, especially if you go to those second tier cities.、Sure. But really, that is、uh, is in a way, it's like it's like an investment you are making. Yeah, business are, development. Yeah,、right? yes, with business yeah. development. Yeah. And then, like once、um, once you have a fan base here, then like. From like merchandise to you know like business、uh, like commercial projects, the brands collaboration for the Chinese market, really really big potential. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of what I've told people is, <clears throat> don't expect to go once. And, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's true. You know, it's it's like that anyway.、Mm-hmm. Right? Um, 
Okay, I know you have to get out of here, but I have some, uh, <laughs> I have like a lightning round that I like to do at the end. Mm -hmm. So, um, tell me one decision that changed your life forever. One decision? Yeah. Could be one of many. Yeah. Um, I think that, that uh, the one decision that changed my life forever was a decision that I made when I was in middle school. Mm. I, because I went to boarding school and I was already like, like quite independent. Yeah. And I decided that I would always be like 100% independent, following only myself, not anyone else. Nice. It's big. It's big for a middle schooler. Yeah. Yeah. If I worked for you, what's something I would hear you say over and over? Say it again. If I worked for you, mm -hmm. what would I hear you saying over and over? next time that's good who would you be most excited to learn as a fan of your work mm. but I know it won't be realistic okay <laughs> I'm thinking about like some someone like uh, you know like uh, Liao Wendao this writer or like someone like Woody Allen okay <laughs> Hey, you never know. Woody Allen, he definitely listens to this show, and I'm pretty sure he's a minimal techno fan, so I think there's a good chance that Woody Allen's a fan. What's Thank your, you. What, what's your favorite city to travel to? In China or anywhere? Both. One of each. In China, Yunnan. Yunnan, Yunnan province, like some small villages in there. Yeah. And uh, Berlin. Berlin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, if you're into techno, yeah. that's the place. Mm -hmm. You go to the Bang Island. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Um, what is there a book that's had uh, the biggest impact on you? Um, well, one book had really big impact on me. That was when I was a little kid. Okay. It was about this uh, uh, the, the the queen called Wu Zetian. It was uh, it was this book about her, and then, but after I grew up, uh, it was uh, like more than just one book, many books by Milan Kundera. Okay, mm. nice. What movie do you think you've seen the most in your life? As like many times. Yeah. Maybe uh, Pop Fiction. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's a great movie. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, most people have like some not very good movie, but it's stupid and they see it all the mm -hmm. time. That's a, that's a really good answer. <laughs> Who's your favorite DJ? I don't have a favorite DJ. No? No. What about uh, favorite uh, Western DJ? really don't have a favorite DJ. Who is the um, the best that you live? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, DJ you've seen live. Mm. 
I think, well, I can't name like one best. Okay. But uh, I loved Chris Levin, Josh Wink, and uh, awesome. Steve Bach played twice, but like once I saw him, like that set was also like one of my favorite. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, well, thank you for joining us. It's been amazing getting <laughs> to know you. I hope you'll come visit us in, in the States. Yeah, hopefully soon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before or after Burning Man. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, awesome. Yo, that was Mia Wong on Rebel Radio. I really enjoyed talking to her. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. Make sure you leave us a comment, some feedback, some stars, whatever you feel like. Hit us on Twitter at Rebel Radio Net our Facebook page, our YouTube page, our iTunes page. Hit us somewhere and come back next week for more Rebel Radio. Peace.